Hello everybody, I'm Chloe Maidley and welcome back to the podcast. On this podcast, I speak to professional athletes, coaches, physique competitors, dietitians, nutritionists, and leaders in the field of health and fitness from all over the world. Thank you so much for joining me and I hope you enjoy today's episode. If you're new to the podcast, make sure you like, subscribe, review, and leave a comment to let others know about everything we've talked about. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram where I'll announce what's coming up on the podcast and other great content too. I'm at Maybe Chloe. Thank you so much. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Today's guest is a little bit different. Yes, he is very into his health and fitness. And yes, he does have a great physique. Yes, he is a coach and he does even have his own supplement line. But the reason why I wanted to get him on really has nothing to do with any of that at all. In fact, the reason I wanted to get him on was to talk to me and to you about life, work, travel, joy, and what being wealthy really means when you take a big old step back from the arbitrary societal goals. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Emil. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this for so long. And then I was terrified when you said, this is this one's going to be different. I was like, why, <laughs> why, why different? What have I done? <laughs> what have I done? I have so many questions that I want to ask you both about yourself and kind of everything that you do. And for anyone listening, I met Emil through Emma. Emil and Emma um, also have a business together called AF Mentors, which we will get into. But to start us all off, I really wanted you to give everyone, including me, a bit of your backstory, Emil. I suppose a little bit about your upbringing, going on to become a doctor, and then realizing that actually that wasn't the right path for you in life. Yeah, for sure. So I was always pretty good in school. I was always into sports. And at kind of 16, 15, whenever you kind of make big life decisions. I, my dad was like, you should be a doctor, you know, good career, very typical. I come from Serbia. So it's very typical kind of immigrant behavior, doctor, lawyer, or don't bother. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that seems fine. You know, I'm good at exams. I can, I can do this. Um, Sensible career choice, status, money, whatever else. So at 16, I kind of decided, yeah, this is cool. And I, I enjoyed it. It was it was good. It was fun. And during that time, I was also, as I said, hugely into sports. So I played rugby since I was like 11. Growing up in Wales, you can't avoid it. Yeah. Um, and then in university, I worked in a gym as a, as a trainer. I did strongman during university and I actually took a year out of my medical degree to do a sports science degree as well. So I was always into sports. And then I qualified as a doctor and medicine kicked in full time. You don't really have that much time for other things. So I kind of got stuck into that and, you know, again, enjoyed it. Like I enjoy doing well at things. So I got into that, trained as an anesthetist. Uh, so putting people to sleep, emergencies, that kind of thing. And then one day I was kind of sitting in theatre with one of my bosses and she was kind of complaining about life and saying, you know, she, you know, she had a, a great job. She was at the pinnacle of the medical profession she had a private practice so she was doubling her salary and she was complaining about money and life and not having time and I was just like is this really what I'm working hard and striving to achieve yeah this is not acceptable to me so that was like 2000 I don't know 14 something like that and at that point I kind of decided okay I want to do something else but I didn't know what, but I knew it needed to be not medicine. So I kind of middle of 2015 left medical training and started to work as an online fitness coach because 
you know, I had uh, my sports science degree, I had my personal training qualifications. I've always been into this kind of stuff. And then I kind of said, right, so I've got all the knowledge, I've got all the qualifications. If I get like shredded, people will listen to me. Yeah. So that's when Instagram started for me. That was like 2014. I started doing the whole Instagram thing. Um, decided to compete as a bodybuilder because I can't just get shredded for no reason. I have to go to the extremes and, <laughs> you know, take it to its limits. So that was so that was 2015. The start of 2015 was literally me revising for medical exams, trying to build a business, building an Instagram account while prepping to be a bodybuilder. Wow. It was horrendous. I kind of yeah. learned the true meaning of hustle and the true meaning of burnout. It got to like 2017 and I got randomly invited to an event in, in Italy with six other entrepreneurs. And I just got random, it was a cold call, literally a guy, he didn't know me. He was just like, you know, I've heard about you from Wales is a small community. He was from Wales. You should come out and hang out with us. And I was like, all right. And that was my first insight into what was actually possible. That was, I, I didn't know what an entrepreneur was before that. And these guys were making money online. They were traveling around the world. And I was like, right, I didn't know what I wanted before. Now I know. Like, yeah. this is what I want. And the guys, at the it was like a three-day event, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I had like shifts the next week. And I was talking at an event the next week and all this other stuff. And basically, one of them was like, right, there's another event in Marbella in two weeks' time. And we're going to drive there from Italy. And you absolutely have to come. And at that point, my life was in a balance. And I was like, yeah. really terrified. But if I say no to this, I'm basically saying no to the life that I absolutely want. So yeah. even though I'm terrified, even though I didn't budget on a three-week trip across freaking Europe, I had to cancel shifts. I had to cancel the event I was speaking at. It was like it went against everything that I kind of understood and knew. But I went on the trip. And to say it was life-changing is a total underestimation of how, how incredible it was. And then I got back and was like, right, all right, something needs to change here. And then 2018, I set goals. I set like uh, income goals based on what I kind of experienced. And I also set a goal to get out of the country every single month for the whole yeah. of 2018, because I, it was such a valuable experience just seeing new and different things. COVID happened, left medicine entirely, and the rest is history. <laughs> I love that. What a crash course in, in your kind of experience. So you decided to come back and figure out, uh, basically write down your goals and say, okay, I want to be making X amount of money so I can live X kind of lifestyle. Can you just kind of talk us through how did you sit down and structure this out and come up with a plan? And I, I guess subsequently execute a plan that would allow you to move away from medicine entirely and live the kind of this new lifestyle that you wanted to live. Like what was your business plan, if you will? Yeah. You know, I'm obsessed with goals. I think goals are literally the most important thing. On one hand, they're the most important thing ever. And on the other hand, they mean zero because you yeah. set them, you hit them and you forget about them. They literally mean nothing. Yeah. So I set some goals that were within my capacity at that time. Like I didn't know what was even possible. So I set some goals within what I knew was possible. Basically, I wanted to, you know, beat a certain medical salary that was like, that was possible because it was just to prove to myself that I could leave medicine. To be honest, I did it by just working more. And this was kind of a big lesson in time for money. I just did more time and got more money and hit my goal. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not rocket science. It's not that impressive. But I didn't actually know how or what my, my plan was, but it doesn't matter. You set a goal, you start, you figure it out as you go. As you go. And actually... 2015, when I actually left to 2017, I did a post about this once. I failed at about 15 different businesses 
from like courses, webinars, seminars, uh, clothing brands, um, like multiple different things. And it was interesting, an ebook, which you can find on Amazon, loads and loads of different things. And they all flopped horribly. But I never perceived them as failures at the time. I just perceived them as another step in the journey. Yeah. Uh, so I just kept going. And yeah, 2017, I, I saw what was possible. 2018, I worked just really freaking hard and made a load of money and was like, nah, this is fine. This is comfortable. This is seven out of 10, but this isn't what I want. Like I could yeah. do this forever and it would be, it would be fine. But, yeah. and, and most people would be like, oh, that's amazing. You travel every month, you earn a good amount of money. And I was like, nah, but it's not, it's not what I want. So I took on a business mentor at the start of 2019 and literally the rest is history. Like, you know, business exploded because that was the, like the missing piece. It was four years of kind of hustle, grind, work, you know, a couple of K a month, whatever. And then it yeah. suddenly exploded. And then that gave me the confidence plus COVID as a catalyst to, yeah. to leave medicine. And inevitably when I left medicine, I had more bandwidth and the business just kept, kept growing and growing. One of my questions for you is like, I think people find it incredibly hard as they get older to embrace change and capitalize on that kind of, I guess that catalyst, which makes them start thinking that maybe deep down they do want to change. But I think people get so comfortable with routine and familiarity that making those big, bold life decisions, even if they do know deep down it would make them happier it becomes it's so incredibly hard that for most people i'd go as far as to say it, it's impossible now obviously you do you know you are a mentor now and you do run a business where you know you you're front and center of it how do you ease others fear of change of making big life change when i think that that would probably be the biggest hurdle the first thing to say is that my kind of big life, overnight success, blah, blah, took five years, right? Yeah. So from, from leaving medicine to actually leaving medicine was literally four or five years. And, you know, if someone else wants to do that, then the first step has to be expanding, like what what is within your realms of, of possibility, just seeing what is possible. Because yeah. people don't understand, they don't believe it. And if you can't see it, if you can't visualize it, it's literally not gonna happen, it's impossible. So one of the first exercises we do in AF Mentors is we get people to kind of set a vision for 10, 15 years in the future. And we get them to just write out who they are as a person, where they live, what they're doing, and with no attachment to reality. Because often I find people, I say reality, it's not really reality, it's just their reality. And yeah. People limit themselves so horribly that they're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. And then chunk that down into smaller goals like that's the end goal and chunk it down into a three-year which is still vague then a one-year which is more specific and then a quarterly monthly weekly and then what the hell are you going to do right now yeah to move you towards all of that yeah. and then it almost doesn't matter as long as you're taking action you're iterating you're learning from it you're course correcting you'll get there and worst case scenario your house won't be on the moon it'll be you know a beautiful 12-bedroom villa in mexico yeah, I'll, nice. I'll live with that, you know, yeah. <laughs> like on the cliffs, view, over, overseeing the sea. Awesome. So even when you tell people to let loose and go crazy with their vision, they still won't. I promise you, it's ridiculous. No. So <laughs> then expanding your your reality, expanding your experiences is so important just to see what's out there. And in that regard, travel and meeting yeah. people and getting out of whatever you know, a little cozy cocoon you've built over the last 10, 20, 30, 40 years. That's the only way to do it. You, you will not be able to break it otherwise. 
So I, I've been in therapy for years and years and years. And the reasons why I started with therapy and the reasons why I'm still in therapy now are markedly different, which I feel is a credit to my therapist. <laughs> but he has got me to do this in the last two years, really, um, which is don't be scared to sit down in, in a very practical manner. Make a plan for your future. Because like I say, you know, and I've mentioned this in a few of the podcasts so far, and I've also mentioned it today, there, there is a thing called an empathy gap where future you is a stranger and you're not really invested in your future self. And in order for you to improve your future, you actually do have to apply some critical thinking and some mental work. So you can bridge that gap and you can create, you know, kind of where you're heading. On the mental thing and obviously uh, your clients, is that what you would call them? Clients? Mentees, clients. Mentees, <laughs> mentors. People, um, friends. So, friends, family, anyone who wants to. <laughs> so, you, you kind of, you do, you seem to epitomize being free to me in so many different contexts. What are some of the most kind of common societal traps that you see people getting caught up in? And what is your take on, you know, given that you kind of did everything you could to become a doctor, which is probably the most respected job in society and then you realize what you really wanted and it is very brave to come away from that what's your take on social constructs like marriage having children working a nine-to-five job to make money even if you hate it kind of do you do you have an opinion on these things and do you do you try to unpick them for people question everything yeah like just question everything because you know, a lot of things are the way they are because it's the way they've always been. And that's not a good reason for things to be the way they are. So, you know, this comes back to kind of expanding your reality and realizing what's possible. If you think that a nine to five job is the pinnacle of your life, you're not going to get beyond it. Yeah. It's literally as simple as that. So yeah. it it's hard because there's so many, you know, you call them societal traps or programming or whatever. It's so hard to break out of it when you're in the midst of it. There needs to be a pattern interrupt. There needs to be something that happens that shakes you out of it. Whether it's, you know, a tragic event, uh, a near death experience or um, travel, a bit more pleasant, or meeting new people who expand your horizons. And this is, again, one of the things which we kind of say in, in AF Mentors is, you know, we're upgrading the average of the five people you spend most time with. Like yeah. you're now exposed to people who are thinking at a different level. Awesome. You know, even if you're living in the same place and there's still these trappings around you, we're trying to upgrade that. Unle- online is great. In person is even better. Yeah. So just seeing other ways of doing things. Like some cultures don't have marriage. Why is it so ubiquitous? Why is it so universal? Some cultures don't have nine to five jobs. Why are we doing nine to five jobs? Like maybe read about it, figure out why we're doing it and whether you want to do that or not. And then literally go from there because what you'll find when you do do your vision or whatever it is, there will be loads of pre-programming in there and it'll be stuff that you've just put in because that's what you're expected to do or that's these goals that your family or friends would, would would validate you for, for example. So it takes time to break that. And you're not going to break it overnight. So again, it's a case of starting, writing some shit down, starting to experience the world, taking action, and then adjusting it over time yeah. and realizing that more and more is possible and how much you're limiting yourself. And as I said, question everything. 
Hi guys, just a quick one. Adverts on the podcast are automated and we have no idea what may or may not play out, much like whatever pops up when you're browsing on the internet. This is an unsponsored podcast, but if I am ever plugging a product, you will know about it. For you, like I said, Emil, you seem like you're very free and you live such a wonderful life and I love your outlook. What are your priorities in life? Like what are, when you wake up every day, kind of what are your list of non-negotiables and kind of how do you aim to, quote unquote, live your best life? (laughs) I kind of settled on a group of values and as long as I live to these values... I will be happy. This is what I've identified that makes me happy. And those are health, growth, and freedom. So as long as I'm kind of working towards those, then I'm in a good place. And like previously, I I was working too much on the business to to earn more money because I thought that would bring me freedom. And I realized I was compromising my health. So then I had to kind of recalibrate, but that's kind of part of the process. You're never going to be bang in the middle of all three, hitting them all perfectly. It's always kind of fluctuating, which it's very easy to optimize for things which are validated for by society. Things like being in shape, money, um, success, whatever. And those things don't actually make you happy. It's just almost a distraction from your real emotions. You kind of don't think. You just say, if I make more money, I'll be fine. I'll be happy. People support me. It must be a good thing. So this concept of enough kind of says, well, look, having infinite of all these things doesn't help. So where is enough? Let's think about where enough is. And like in health, the balance for success and living a, you know, happy life, I call it winning at life, self-actualization, whatever you call it, is actually finding a balance between all these different areas and not hitting any of them to an extreme. Yeah. And that is it. Yeah. That, that is it. There's no end goal. It is living according to your values, according to your constraints, without going too extreme in any direction. One thing that I've learned is that for me personally, and look, everyone's different. I don't presume that that, that what I need is what everybody else needs. But I'm happiest when I have a really nice balance of routine in my day-to-day life and freedom. And that comes down to travel. And I, and I love that you talk about, you know, people are hiding huge aspects of themselves and their joy because they're, they're scared of the perception of it. And I get this a lot. Like when I post, I go out a lot with my friends and we go out, we drink, we have fun. And, you know, like I'm in my early 30s and I think that there's, I mean, there's definitely a bracket of people who are like, mm, you're probably too old for this. You should probably be having kids now. And there's also a bracket of the health and fitness audience that are like, how can you post about this? Like, this is this is not in line with your messaging. And I'm like, because I've learned that in order to be my the least anxious version of myself and the most happy and kind of bountiful mentally like version of myself, I have to be authentic and I have to show it, I have to say it how it is. And I think as soon as you get that self-acceptance, the joy that you can get like just from your day-to-day life is is unparalleled. One thing I really wanted to to ask you is is, as somebody who does coach in the health and fitness space, but also in the business space as well, what are the kind of common crossovers between the two coaching approaches in terms of how you get your your clients to to kind of either change their relationship with with food, exercise their body, and also their relationship with with work and their goals and how they want to where they want to get to in the future? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's 
they're, they're identical, right? The skill is the skill of success, the skill of being good at things. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's universal. So often, because I work with entrepreneurs in the health space, so the kind of the trick is to, they've already succeeded in kind of wealth and business. It's just saying that, look, this is exactly the same. Yeah. You just need to kind of apply the same skills, get rid of all this, you know, crap that you've accumulated over the years from diet culture and whatever else, and just learn and get better. And over time you will succeed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a hell of a lot of parallels and it's much more about fundamental principles than it is about tactics, like the tiny little things like your macros or, you know, what business strategy you use. It's much more about the core fundamental things that you apply consistently and everything yeah. else you can sprinkle on top literally makes zero difference. And yeah. I find people who are like super in the, in any space, they start to overvalue the little things because they almost want to appear more valuable. They, you know, yeah. they want to make it like their thing is huge and really epic and important. And it's like, well, you know, actually nutrition is just about energy balance. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, that's literally it. And you have to get to kind of a level of confidence in yourself and your knowledge to be able to say that and to be able to say like, look, that new nutrition paper which came out, it literally changes nothing. It's going to yeah. be for people to debate and talk about and feel important and clever and, yeah. you know, get more people on their Instagram because they're being controversial. But it makes zero difference to anything, yeah. like truly. Because actually someone changing their life, their health, it's very rarely about the final 1%. It's nearly always about fundamental human behavior, psychology, and changing what you do day to day. And, you know, people get a crazy surprise at how loosely I coach nutrition. Like, I barely set anything. I'm just like, look, you need to eat less. Let's figure out how you can do that. And we yeah. have calls and we figure it out over time. And some people stick to calorie targets. Some people don't. I never, very rarely, I never set macros. Barely go into anything out beyond that. It doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. People have better shit to do than yeah. dive into the minutiae of, you know, whatever, nutrition, science. It's just irrelevant. Yeah. So, and it's same, same in business. It's, it's all It's all the same. I mean, I wanted to ask you about the term success and I'm really lucky in that I was always raised to see it as being happy and healthy. And I think anyone who's ever lost one or two of those things would agree that, you know, those are the pinnacles to aim for. But I also know that what, like, when I think of my husband, for example, success for him is very much wrapped up in like material things. What does success mean to you and how do you encourage people to reframe how they think about success to them? Yeah, so, you know, you said it before, um, you know, not projecting meaning onto random things and actually f focusing on the things which matter. Step number one, figure out what matters because most people don't actually know what matters because they've never stopped to think about it. Like it took me freaking ages to figure out that health, growth and freedom were things which mattered to me. And then what do those words even mean? You have to define them. Like, does it mean traveling all the time? No, it doesn't. I tried that. It was exhausting. You know, what does it actually mean? You know, at what level is are you financially free? At what level are you geographically free? Whatever, whatever. So you need to spend a hell of a lot of time thinking about all this. And then people instantly procrastinate, never do it. And then are surprised that they're unhappy or unfulfilled. It's like, well, you've never tried. It's like going to an archery range and being pissed off that you didn't hit a bullseye the first time. It's like, you yeah. shit at it. You need to practice. <laughs> you know? Like get a coach, get a therapist, get them to teach you. And then over a number of years, you might gain some level of mastery, but it's going to take time and people don't do that. Um, 
So like what does success mean to me is, is as I kind of said before, there's no end goal. Like there's nothing has any meaning ultimately, right? Apart from what is in the present, what is in the moment. So if I can live each moment according to my values and to my fullest potential, then that is ultimately success. And it's super easy to get caught up in earning more money or having more things or, you know, whatever other metric you pick, it's very easy to get caught up in it because it's so heavily validated for by society. You're encouraged to want it. But if you actually think about it, like I live a very simple lifestyle, very minimalist. I don't spend a fraction of the money that I make. So what's more money going to do? Like, why am I torturing myself? Why am I missing gym sessions and going to bed late to earn more money, which I'm not even using for anything? So it's just like, you know, you have these realizations. You're like, okay, so what what big moves do I need to make to change this? Yeah. You know, you set a goal and then and you hit it and you almost feel empty and lost after hitting a goal. Great example is a bodybuilding competition. You, you, you're super focused, super pumped, super happy. Your life has meaning. And then you get off stage afterwards and you're like, I literally don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. And you're, you're depressed for weeks afterwards. You're like, I don't really want to train. I don't really care about anything. And after you've set a load of goals and hit them, you realize that they're meaningless, right? But they also allowed you to achieve crazy things like competing as a bodybuilder or making a certain amount of money. So they yeah. evidently have value. If people don't have goals, I despair because yeah. growth and progress are a fundamental part of happiness, at least to me. But be aware that they're not going to change your life when you hit them. When you get a six pack, you're not suddenly going to be happy. When you make six figures, you're not suddenly going to be happy. Nothing will really change. I learned this when I when I first met James and when I'd been with him for a full year of him being a professional rugby player, he would go into pre-season with the goal that at the end of the season, they would be winning silverware. They would be winning, you know, tournaments like, and, and he would be lifting those trophies. And that's always how he went into it. But it didn't matter how much they won. And, you know, he was part of, I mean, history when they got the whitewash in Australia and he got man of the series. And, it didn't ever matter how much he won or how much he achieved that goal. He was always looking back as, as soon as they'd won a game, looking back like, what could I have done better? What do I need to do next time to be better? Because ultimately as an athlete, I think to the objective eye, it looks like they're in it to win, but it's fucking not. These are people who are in this sport because they desperately, they get a huge kick out of trying to better themselves every day, every month, every year. And that is why they're professional athletes. It actually has very little to do with what they kind of amass at the end of it. So I, I absolutely think it's 100% accurate. And I guess the next thing I want to talk to you about, and again, we've touched on it here, me and you are very, very similar in this regard. I know that you travel a lot and that this is one of your kind of, uh, kind of life non-negotiables. And I'm exactly the same. I think it's incredibly important to living an experience for me an experienced, meaningful, fruitful life. Um, why is traveling so important to you? And, you know, for people who kind of just see it as like, oh, I'll take the odd holiday here and there. What do you think that they're kind of missing out from that they could that they could really take away from it? Yeah, I mean, I have issues in general with the concept of holidays. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> like, if you need a holiday from your life, then something is amiss and you might want mm -hmm. to consider reflecting on that 
So yeah, when people say, are you on holiday? I'm like, no, 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 this is just my life. And when I'm at home in Lisbon, Portugal, I'm there because I choose to be there, but I could be anywhere. And you almost have to experience, like I traveled for periods of time where I was on the road uh, for months on end. And once I'd experienced it, I was like, actually, this travel is a rebound reaction to normal life, which is quite restrictive. It's like when you diet, you rebound afterwards to restriction. And I I realized this isn't actually what I want. This is just a rebound reaction. What I actually want is the freedom to travel or the freedom not to travel, the freedom to be at home, the freedom to be wherever the hell I want. That is freedom. And even if I don't exercise that and stay in Lisbon the whole year, it's still freedom because I could leave tomorrow. So it's the ability to travel. I travel to for people. Like I don't go places. I really don't like touristy stuff. You know, I can literally go to a place and not see anything relevant, but I've gone there because of the people there. And the reason for that is because I had such good experiences meeting new people. It's a huge pattern interrupt that I just threw myself into it. The value was so infinite that it became a no-brainer. Literally, I went to Greece a couple of weeks ago. And it was a client who messaged me two weeks before and was like, look, there's a couple of us going to Mykonos. You should you should come and hang out. And I was like, you know, a week's notice. And I was like, I respect you as a human. I'm going to make it happen. I don't need to yeah. know any details. I didn't know where we were staying. I didn't know who the people were. I was just like, look, I've booked for the week. I'll see you there. It was incredible. It was life-changing. It was insane. And when things like that happen, how can you not do that more? Yeah. At a higher level. So travel is just one form of personal development, self-improvement, mentors, um, books, education, whatever else. Any form of investing in yourself has an infinite return on investment. I agree. I love what you say about people being pattern interrupt. I think about all the times where I feel like mentally I've taken a step forward or a step up. And it's always been as a result of meeting new people or spending time with new people or even just people I haven't really invested in properly. It's a huge way to progress your your thinking and, and I think your, your joy of life. The last question I had for you is, I feel like stepping up to the plate and being like, I can help you. I can mentor you. That's like a big decision to, to take on. That's a lot of responsibility to take on, to be like, I'm in a spot, I can do that. And I know that like with my job, even as just a coach, every now and again, and I speak to other coaches about it, we get like a little smidge of like imposter syndrome. I mean, becoming a mentor is like quite a big self-belief. And, you know, do you ever feel like, do you ever get that like imposter syndrome? Or do you feel like, no, I practice what I preach. I live my, my message. I'm a very fucking happy person and I need people to hear me. Like, how do you, do you ever have like a trip up like that mentally? Yeah, that's interesting. So as I said, this was Emma's baby. Like she wanted to do it and I I jumped on board. It always is. That's the EC method too. She's like, we've got to do it for like a year. (laughs) And at one point I was like, no, I'm too overloaded. I can't do this. And she was like, well, I'm going to do it on my own. And I was like, well, (laughs) I need to do this then. Yeah. Yeah. So She called your bluff. Yeah. And I was like, all right, fine, whatever. I'm going to do it. So I jumped into it and I actually, before that promise never to, I didn't want to be a mentor because I was like, I'm a baby in business. Like I don't know, I I know a lot, I've got a successful business, but it's like someone who does one bodybuilding show and then is like, "Ah, I can coach you to get into shape, you know, (laughs) exactly. So I was like, I don't want to be that person. But this was, this was different as in, I was just like, look, I can convey value and if people follow it, they will improve. Like, I'm super confident of that. 
Okay, so look, we're coming to the end. And one thing that I really like to do at the end of my podcast is to give my guest the floor to leave the audience with kind of anything to think about, any advice, anything that you think you should say before you go. And then obviously just promote whatever you want. (laughs) And then we'll wrap it up. (laughs) Awesome. Um, So, you know, the biggest thing, and I literally talk about this all the time, but I can't talk about it enough because so many people hear me and then don't do it. It kills me. So the biggest thing, set goals and and 10x them. Like whatever your goal is, just multiply it by 10. Just humor me. Just do it. Um, (laughs) And then take action. Like take action on those goals. Like literally that's the formula for life. You set a direction, you start walking towards it. Yeah. Without a direction, it doesn't matter where you walk. You can walk around in circles. It makes no difference. So, so I mean, it's super simple. It's super cliche. It's super boring. I'm sure you hear it a million times a day. But if you're not where you want to be in life or there's a niggling feeling that things aren't quite right or you're worried you're a little bit comfortable, then go back to your goals and just keep going around this cycle. Goals, action, goals, action, goals, action. And, just, and that is it. And then eventually find joy in the journey and, and all this other <laughs> woo-woo stuff. But that's the starting point. I... Yeah, I can't emphasize that enough. And okay, if people want to find you, what is your handle on Instagram? I don't want to get it wrong. Dr. Emil Official, D-R-E-M-I-L Official. Um, there's there's not a huge amount of, there's some health stuff on there, but it's mainly, it's the stuff I'm thinking about right now. It's, it's you know, health, wealth, uh, freedom, happiness, that kind of stuff, growth. Uh, yeah. I love it and I love and I because you regram a lot of people as well which I do too which by the way not enough people do but I've also started following a load of people that you follow and just fantastic honestly mm. so guys uh, do follow Emil and if you like this podcast please do rate it uh, comment leave a review subscribe and I will see you next week um, bye guys have a good week thank you so much Podcast Network.